Yeah, so something I think about a lot is is why we are the way we are today. And the question oftentimes will pop into my head, especially when I'm talking to somebody I don't understand. Um, I will think, what is something that happened in your childhood that shapes the way you think about things today? This is an event that actually, you were actually a part of it. And it's not like, it's not like a top 10 pivotal mo- moment, mm-hmm. but it was, it was a really big thing for me. So I have two older brothers um, and my oldest brother, uh, he actually listens to this. So shout out, David. Um, he, yeah, he was kind of, yeah, I know. I love that guy. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> he's, he's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, David, he, he's my oldest brother and he's kind of typical, like into sports. He's very smart, but you know, uh, in high school he was, he was super ripped, had lots of muscles, that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. My other older brother, Wesley, he was much more video game, you know. Very cerebral. Yes. And, yes. Yeah. And he was, yeah. he would make everybody laugh. And so Absolutely. as the third younger brother, I had a really hard time with knowing okay who am i because the two people i looked up to they were so completely opposite and so i remember i was on a youth uh youth event um that you and daniel peters you jason and daniel peters were uh taking us on and i was probably 11 or 12 years old we didn't know each other very well but i remember this tension of of who am i more like my brother like which of my brothers am i more like and you looked at me and you probably don't remember it and it was probably just something you said in passing uh because you're like that might make him feel good you're like you know connor like you're like a perfect i don't know if you said perfect but in my memory that's what you said you're like a perfect combination of some of your brother's better qualities um Mm -hmm. and i mean you said that and i think you're just trying to make me feel good but i remember like this crystallizing moment of like oh like it wasn't even that like oh i'm going to take the best parts of my brother and brothers and leave it behind but it's like oh i am, like that's who i'm trying to be i'm trying to be the best versions of my brother and i'm not trying to be necessarily who i am um and so that that's all that was like a that was actually like a pretty big moment for me that is so yeah that's one of those things and i just i just want to draw back a minute and say i have no memory of that interaction yeah. and i think we say stuff all the time thinking does do our words matter at all and man, if you trust God in a general sense and you're doing things out of love, he will do things. I have no memory of that interaction. Yeah. Um, so, so man, you're, that is so good. Mine seems so petty and mine's <laughs> negative, not positive. The, the thing that popped in my mind when I think about this today is um, my mom loved roller coasters and I was scared. And But she said, do you want to ride the Screaming Demon at Kings Island in Cincinnati, Ohio? And it was simple roller coaster. Wow. You started off high. Old Church of Christ, they let you ride a ride that said <laughs> Screaming Demon. Demon. <laughs> I, oh, I hadn't even thought about it. I was in error. Anyway, so you'd start off high, and it would literally, it would roll forward and then drop into a a, a loop, mm-hmm. and then you'd come out the other side, and then you'd drop back. This is how simple this ride was. And so you do a loop forward, the loop backwards. And it was this huge line, and you're climbing, 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 stairs, stairs, stairs. And we get to the top, and I had to go to the bathroom. I had to go to the bathroom so bad. And my mom was like, no, you can't leave now. You can't leave now. And and really, I was just so scared. So I, so I get on the ride. I have glasses. I'm scared to lose my glasses. So I'm holding my glasses in my hand. You know, they put me in the harness. I do the ride. I'm feeling victorious. I get out. My glasses are still in my hand. And when I step out on the platform, and there's probably a grand total of 50 people on this platform, my foot catches the side (laughs) and I fall flat on my face. Everyone in my memory, everyone laughs, not the least of which was my own mother (laughs) laughing at me. So there are a couple messages that that I have to work on to this day. It's that don't make a fool of yourself is is a strong voice in my head. And the way I mitigate it is 
I will, in, especially in new relationships, I won't say what I'm thinking because I just don't, if I, if I feel like it's at all, you know, mm-hmm. off, off track from what everybody's thinking. And the other thing is I hate wearing glasses. Because I associate, I wear contact lenses, but I won't go outside of my house with glasses on. And it's this weird, that's what led to that. Had I had, I had my sight, huh. I wouldn't have caught that. And it, when I say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous, but I can't deny it is a part <laughs> of my work that I have to do all the time of mitigating that stupid situation. That's awesome. So there you go. Hi, my name is Connor. And I'm Jason. And you're listening to the Amazed and Perplexed Podcast. Today we're going to be interacting with a passage found in Luke chapter 20, starting verse 20. It says this, Keeping a close watch on him, they sent spies who pretended to be sincere. They hoped to catch Jesus in something he said, so that they might hand him over to the power and authority of the governor. So the spies questioned him, Teacher, we know that you speak and teach what is right, and that you do not show partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? He saw through their duplicity and said to them, Show me a denarius, whose image and inscription are on it. Caesar's, they replied. He said to them, Then give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. They were unable to trap him in what he had said there in public. And astonished by his answer, they became silent. So, Jason. What amazes you about this passage? I'll tell you, as you're reading, I'm, I'm feeling really emotional right now. Um, so this isn't, I guess, the implication, and I wasn't even thinking this when you started reading, but now I'm feeling it is, I feel like my life is so bogged down now. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I said, it's like, you know how you have those big, long orange extension cords, and no matter how I wrap them up, when mm-hmm. I try to pull them out again, they're all wrapped up. It's like I feel like I have 5,000 big, long extension cords, yeah. and they're in this big knot, and I'm just, I don't even feel like starting, because mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'll never get it done. And Jesus, it, it, it literally astonishes me right now that, that he just clarifies it so cleanly. I mean, because I've heard this since I was a kid, it doesn't start, oh, yeah, of course, give to Caesar. But this is a shocking response. It, it is, and, and we may dig into that more, but but it is just how clean he makes things and how muddled, I'm just convicted right now, how muddled I am hmm. and how he offers that to me. So with your, with your specific example of, you know, feeling like the big, long orange extension cord, not mm. being able to wrap it correctly, there's like a very real thing in me when I see like, see like a man's man be able to do something like that, be able to wrap up an extension cord because he's always been around it. He knows exactly what to <laughs> yes. do it. And I feel really insecure and it like adds to the the muddiness of, of my heart in that moment. Um, I want to add real quickly, we were we had a big deal where we were doing a back to school deal uh, for several years and there was tons of stuff going on. Like we'd have 500 people attend it and there are massive extension cords all over. Yeah. And this guy that attended Memorial for about three months, so think about that, just three months, uh, he came up to me and he goes, you're, you're wrapping that up wrong. Let me show you how to wrap it up right. And it was, he'd only been there a week or two. And uh, he wraps it and it's really intricate in this braid. And he's like, so now you just have to pull on this. Do you get it? Do you get it? And it was the kind of thing he wasn't showing me to learn. He yeah. it was moving way too fast for my brain. Every time he saw me until the time he left, he asked me about the extension cords. <laughs> 
And it's like, what is this? Like, it, I almost felt like I was being bullied, even though it sounds so silly to say, but I so relate to what you're saying in a very yeah. concrete way. So uh, kind of talking a little bit more about what, what you said, to give the context of, of what's happening here, like this, like you said, these are very muddied waters for the Jewish people, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about it all the time. They're being occupied by a Roman government. For Jesus here, right, there's, these are incredibly muddied waters because if he responds and says, uh, says one thing, yeah, pay the tax, and he's a traitor to the, to the Jewish common people. Mm-hmm. But if he says, don't pay the tax, then he's a traitor to the Roman government, and he's there. It, there therefore, he is now like, in rebellion, basically, against the Roman authorities. And so I think for me, so often in my life, especially right now, you know, like I have, I have a baby on the way. We've, we haven't talked about this podcast, but, you know, we found a pretty stable financial situation since we were let go from our jobs, but it's certainly not, you know, we're not rolling in dough and we're not doing what we're going to be doing five years from now. Um, And for me, when I examine option A or, or examine option B, there just seems to be so much of, well, if I do that, then then this bad thing is going to happen or this negative thing could happen. Um, and to see Jesus have the power in, in this sort of specific life or death situation to be able to cut through it all, um, it's remarkable, like you said. It, it is. And, and, and I, I just want to just highlight something you said there. This is an unanswerable question. Yeah. You know, and, and my corollary right now is I feel compelled to vote in, in elections because I take very seriously the dynamic of, man, there are so many countries that don't get a vote at all. Yeah. And, and so I feel very compelled to vote. And the last several elections, I'm like, who is God's person in this? And man, there's so it feels an unanswerable question to me. And even me saying this may lead some to say, "Well, of course you must vote this way or that way." Um, but but just let, let's assume just all we're dealing with is my perception. I feel it's unanswerable. Like like mm-hmm. I feel like how can I vote but vote for God's person um, when I feel like I could poke holes in in everybody that I know, or let me put it this way, to the degree that I know, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, um, each person and. And so for and so that's just I, I'm just asking right now. Can how do can you answer this for me? Yeah. Well, I think that kind of jumps. I'll, I'll just jump around to my perplexed. Um, how evil does a government, does an authority have to be? Like, what's the line of not following God for it to finally be okay for a Jesus person, right, to rebel against that authority? So for us, it, it, it's right to pay. It's right to pay the tax, right? It's right to participate and respect our authorities, so that we can all have common services that benefit the benefit our collective man and collective uh, benefit our collective neighbor. Um, but at what point? At what point do the services rendered by a government become bad enough that we can no longer support them? Mm-hmm. So what? What level of support for let's I'm gonna go two extremes um, abortion and then what level of support for drone strikes in the Middle East that kill children and women yeah how much of that I, I don't know this is the same sort of thing you is yeah. how mu- like how much is too much for us to be like well I my my dollars can't support that. I don't know the answer. Right. And and this is the thing that's that's so fascinating. 
and and I want to be really clear, and I I believe I'm speaking for you too, but you can correct me, Connor, if I'm wrong. This this podcast is us interacting with this passage first, and then saying how it applies to us. There's no political message, and if I say, "Man, I am super pro Democrat," I think you can be a great Christian and vote Republican. Or if I'm super pro Republican, because we are citizens of heaven first, mm-hmm. and then we also participate in this world. We're in it. We're not of it, but we're in it. So, so this pressure that so many people put on us and a lot through social media. Well, I can't see how you're a Christian and vote for this guy. Uh, that's not my main vote. My main vote's for Jesus, because no matter who's in government, they're, you yeah, give it a few years, they're gone. Jason and I, like, you know, let, 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 let's just say, like, we, we take our vote seriously, and we try to think, okay, who best represents Jesus? Who will be, best hope accomplish the things that we think Jesus would want to accomplish with the government? And who can help us love our neighbors the most? If we we ask those questions about ourselves, ask those questions to ourselves, and we come to a different perspective on it, man, I, I think I think that's gravy, and I think that's what this podcast yes. is about even more. Right. right, is like there are things that we have said in the podcast where I'm like, you know what? Now that I think about it, now that I read this other scripture, I'm like, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure that that that's that's what I would say now. Right. But this podcast is not about giving you the right and wrong answers of of scripture absolutely it's a this podcast is an exercise in sharing the process that jason and i interact with scripture together with right um and so if, if you're coming to us to give you the answer hopefully you know if you've listened enough by now that, that if you come to us to listen to the ans to find out the answers to who should you vote for or you know what does the bible have to say on x y and z final firm um comment to end all comments on it and that's just not us. And it's okay. Those those things might have their place, but that's certainly not what we're trying to do here. Yeah, you're exactly right. And and so if we say we believe Jesus has the answer, then our effort as disciples, as learners, is to keep learning from him, number one, and then to say, okay, what giftedness, ability, resources do I have to share that with others? Um, not to share my answers with others, although that's part of it. Uh, but mostly to share the answerer with others. How do I share that Jesus is trustworthy in things that feel like 5,000 extension cords knotted up? Yeah. How, how do I share that? And this is our effort to share that. It, this is much more about how do we interact with the living God, with his living scripture, uh, and encourage you, the listener, to do the same. Because we're not experts on that. I mean, we have our strengths and weaknesses, but it's simply we're just exercising in front of you, if you will, to let you know you can exercise too. You're yeah. doing this work as well as we are if you choose to. And, Absolutely. And that's the important piece. I think hearing this, if I'd heard this conversation maybe three years ago, what I might have said to, you know, 2020 Jason and Connor, that's all. that all sounds great. But what about issue X? Mm-hmm. None of that solves the problem that it leaves these people hurting and helpless. And into that version, I would say, yeah, yeah, yes. But one of the things that we have to have to handle, or not have to handle, but we have to wrestle with, is the fact. And I mentioned this in previous podcasts. When Jesus says, "Pay the tax to Caesar," that tax goes to raising armies. It goes to supplying. Um, resources so that Roman governments can 
conquer more people. Right. They can enslave more people if they need to. They can even crucify more people if they need to. And so I don't think this gives us a final answer on, on, on how we should interact. But for Jesus to say that say this at his time is just as muddy as it is for us to say it now. Right. And that touches on... Now, see, you, you broke the triple dog dare etiquette by skipping to perplex. So I'm... Uh, is there... I don't know where to go. Do I go with my perplexed? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So what perplexes me is exactly what you're talking about, is how do we apply this? Um, so it was, it was a little bit, it was clean in the sense of he pays taxes, but how does the person that's paying taxes and you, so then your daughter is walking the streets and Roman soldiers take her Mm -hmm. and you have no recourse. You can't tell the newspaper, you can't protest, you can't do anything. She's now their property, you know, and now it's tax day. And how can you with a clear conscience say, I'm doing this as an act of worship to God. Mm. You know, I mean, how controversial, and let's even more extreme, how offensive is that? And as an encourager, so I'm here with Jesus, and Jesus says, give to Caesar, you know, give give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And then a year later, I'm with a friend and who I've introduced to Christ in, in the sense of, hey, I met this man, and then I heard he died on the cross, and this kind of thing, and here's the Spirit of God with us. And then and then he's like, I'm not paying taxes anymore because they took my daughter. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. We're of a different kingdom. Go ahead and pay your taxes because that's what belongs to Caesar. I mean, and, and the guy would naturally say, I so don't want that guy. Yeah. 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 So are you saying I should support other daughters from being taken and sold into functional you know, slavery? You know, and it's like, oh man, that feels unanswerable. You know, and and the 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 answer in the unanswerable is, and these people are spies. We understand motivation matters to his answer. If a genuine person to come and say, "Man, I'm really struggling with paying taxes because I feel like I'm sinning," um, there there would have been a different conversation. So I mm-hmm. I want to we context dramatically matters all the time and in this place too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to get my head around how I think about engaging in my government today yeah. based on this guidance. I believe one of the things Jesus is trying to get at here is, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's. You find this message found in Romans and you find it th- th- throughout a lot of scripture that the authority that Caesar has is only because God has given it to him. I, I think that's that's pretty solid um, doctrine that that most Christians would would agree upon, and I think that's what I think that's that's what Jesus is kind of alluding to here. Um, and so when you say give to Caesar's what is Caesar's, that means something. But when you say give to God what is God's, well, every, everything's everything is God's, right? It's all His, even the authority derived um, from God by Caesar. That that's from that's from God, and so you know, even more perplexing and. I don't think this this is not the necessary this specific episode is not the um you know why what do bad things happen to good people episode mm-hmm. but there is this really the the hard question that I think we we don't want to pretend it's not there is why does God establish these authorities that are unjust and why does he allow them to exist right um so here's here's a rub question to me I love my freedom uh, in the United States. I do. I love it. I'm grateful for it, deeply grateful. I've lived in other countries that certainly weren't oppressed like, you know, Israel was, sure. you know, the Jewish people were. 
Uh, but I feel the difference. I, I feel it. And how there's no recourse. If a, if a, a police officer asks for a bribe, you're going to have to pay that bribe, mm-hmm. you know? And I've, I've had that experience in multiple countries outside of the United States. And there was no recourse. I couldn't protest it. You know what I mean? There's no, I couldn't call the newspaper. It, you know, it's yeah. just, I'm stuck. I pay the bribe. And fortunately, I was never in a situation that rose, you know, to, to life or death, you know? Um, but I realized just that powerlessness. And then you're like, well, man, no matter what I've experienced, it was so much worse, you know, for them. And then furthermore, what your point was so good on, I'm funding not just what was happening right now in the Roman Empire, but future, but Nero is coming. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, if, and if all the Christians would have said, we're not paying taxes now, they probably would have been killed, you know, or, or punished or tortured in some way. Um, but that would have, I mean, this is like if you saw Hitler as a baby, would you kill him kind of dynamic. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Jesus said, stop paying taxes right now, do not support injustice, do not support systemic racism, do not support these things, then you can imagine a world where Nero wouldn't have come. And then the persecution. So this really gets to be a quagmire of thought, and we expect to come to Jesus. And this is the thing I I just keep coming to, and Jesus keeps teaching me. We expect to come to Jesus and say, "Give me the answer, so I can take your wisdom, Jesus, and live life as a right person." And Jesus is saying, "There is no way you can fully understand me. The message is trust me with yeah. what you know, but also with what you don't know." Yeah, I, I think this gets. We talked uh, talked about this in an earlier episode. I think this feeling, this quagmire, if you put it, this this muddied waters that we feel. Um, and and honestly, I think if we don't feel these questions and struggle with these um, these feelings about our government, about the authorities over us, I don't know if we're truly following Jesus. Because I think following Jesus necessarily means that we're going to come into conflict like this with all with 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 authorities above us. And so I think one that's a big comfort for me, right? Because if I look at an election or I look at a government and I go I I can't get behind it, but then there's also this issue and there's there's that issue and there's the authority issue and I don't know what to do. I think that that's a that's a good sign in my own life that I am not bowing to the will of man and I'm seeking, I'm not necessarily 100% getting there, but I'm seeking the will of God. Right. And so that's a big encouragement for me. Um, it doesn't solve all the issues and it doesn't um, doesn't take away a lot of the hurt for, for lots of people. But it is, I know for a lot of young people, there's a feeling of hopelessness, um, whether Christian or secular, about our country. Um, young Christians, young secular people of there's nothing there's no coming back there's no how can we possibly move forward and and that very well could be a reality mm-hmm. um but I, I think for for the christian there's um for the christian we are always going to butt up against the edge of of um of government because there's a recognition that this is not the way it's supposed to be right this is not the way things are meant to be happening and these are not the way things work in the kingdom of god and so if we're if we're seeking to live in the kingdom of God and seeking to help bring a bring it about here and now, then of course there's going to be conflict and of course there's going to be muddied waters because the world doesn't want to live like the kingdom of God. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I just want to say, I think something we keep referencing is, you know, Philippians 3, where it talks about, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there. The good news of my sense of quagmire is that it reminds me, oh, wait a minute, this doesn't have to have power over me. Again, I'm in the world. Mm -hmm. I need to take my decisions seriously. I need to pray about them and... And I would encourage everyone to vote, um, you know, but we understand, and I think that's the point Jesus is making as I think about it. He's saying this money and and what it means, because we're talking about taxation without representation. And I wanted to close the loop. I had started something I didn't close the loop on. Mm -hmm. Would Jesus have participated in the Revolutionary War? What would he have done? Because his people were experiencing much more severe oppression than taxation without representation, and he does not lead uh, any pushback. Matter of fact, where is it? After he feeds the 5,000, they come to make him a king. Yeah. And and rightly so, because, man, if you have a king that can heal people on a battlefield and make food out of nothing, I mean, that was the biggest limitation to to combat back then. Oh, yeah. Is, is you, how do you maintain resources? Well, if Jesus could turn water to wine and heal everybody, I mean, you're going to win that war eventually, even if you have 100 people and the other army has a million. We're not even talking about angel of death, you know, <laughs> history that they have. Mm-hmm. And so they're making him king, and he avoids them. So he had the opportunity and the mandate and the expectation. From the and the expectation from the people, you better use your power for good, and good is solving the problems of today. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, I'm not solving the problems of today. I'm solving the problems of forever. Yeah. And that's the vision. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's as an answer to this question, if it was an honest question especially, is not adequate, unless you believe we're living in the vapor, mm-hmm. we're living in the small, and when we get to eternity, all of this will look so differently. Oh, yeah. And, and give to Caesar what is Caesar's doesn't, like I said, it doesn't mean just, because you know, we live in a democracy, which is completely different from the context that Jesus finds himself in. So give to Caesar's what the Caesars is not an apathetic, well, you know, just especially where we find ourselves because we have a voice in government and we have we have the ability to protest. And so when we say give to Caesar, Caesar, it's not just us, you know, well, you know, whatever will be, will be. No, you, you get to take action. Our government has given us the right and the ability to take action yes. by voting, by protesting, right. um, by taking a stand. And so um, I absolutely think that as people as people of the book as Jesus people when we see injustice um happening in our world it is our right and our privilege to stand alongside and to use the avenues that we have available to us voting protesting whatever that whatever that may look like when i feel compelled to make you my enemy politically or otherwise i am losing sight of my real enemy and that to me is the biggest thing we need to be watching out for If you are afraid that President Trump will win, or if you are afraid that Biden will win, and I'm not talking about having concerns, I'm talking about gripping fear that you were like us versus them, and that guy is is my enemy, you know, we need to step back and, and, and really ask ourselves the question is, why does that person have so much power over me? Why does that person, why do I think that person is in control of the world? You know, oftentimes people will point to the blessings in the United States to say, well, God has been with us, and now God isn't with us, is the implication. And we need to restore God. And I'm not, I'm not saying that there weren't times that 
that aspects of God weren't more obvious in our culture. But we have to understand, if God can work in the culture of Esther, and in the book of Esther, mm-hmm. there's not even a mention of his name, if God can work in the culture of Babylonia, and if he can work in the culture of Roman oppression, matter of fact, I can't think of a place presented in the whole of the New Testament that's not happening under Roman oppression in my memory for how wide the Roman Empire was. Yeah. And it's so beneath God, he hardly mentions it. Like, we have to talk in history, say, well, do you understand the oppression? Jesus hardly ever met, he calls Herod a fox. Ooh, those are fighting. I mean, this is, yeah. give to Caesar what is Caesar's. I mean, that is so weak. I have been accused of having such a weak response to what's going on in the country because I don't condemn things on a regular basis in my preaching. And I'm like, Jesus doesn't even mention them. He just doesn't mention them. And it's not because he's uncaring. It's just because he recognizes he's above, he, he, he's, he's of a bigger power. So if I get so consumed with my anger towards uh, a, anybody but a political figure, I have to ask myself, why do they hold power over me? I, I'm, I'm giving up my power to spend a lot, because when I'm angry with somebody, it consumes my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I, I've heard people say, I can't sleep because I'm thinking about this election. And I'm like, I'm not standing in judgment of them. I'm saying, I get that. And so yeah. what's the answer? It's this idea, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give give, give to the political situation what is theirs. Ha- take some time, educate yourself, make the best decision you can. Mm-hmm. But give your real stuff to God. Give your energy to God. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think you're right. I, I think it's true that whatever freedom that we have— and and this is an important thing. They didn't have the freedom to arrange protest in in you know Palestine there at that time. Uh, if if use your freedom, mm-hmm. but your dependence is on God. Your dependence your, your dependence can't be my voice has to make a difference. I have to be understood. Your dependence is on God, and God will use my voice if I trust Him. Yeah. And and that's the difference. It's I think a lot of times we hear people say, you can hear this and say, well, don't use your voice or don't participate. I'm like, that's not at all what we're saying. We're saying. I can do that at peace because God offers a peace that passes understanding. Yeah, it's a recognition that my job, my job here on earth as a Jesus follower is to make disciples and it's to it's it's we talked about this before, it's to make the world more like like the garden. It's to help build the vision that God has for humanity. And I want to build that first and foremost. I want to be a part of that sort of um, discipleship in my own heart and Jesus changing me. And then I want to go to the next circle of my wife um, and, and my family. And, and hopefully, um, you know, more and more people as the circle extends, I, I want to affect in that sort of way. But I know it in myself, I, I haven't fixed myself yet. Um, I haven't become perfectly like Jesus sure. yet. Uh, and that's, and that's God I have, but you know, in my actions, I, I still fail all the time. Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't mean that I stop trying, though, right? That doesn't mean I don't stop trying to um, fix, or I don't stop trying to to submit these things to God and trying to be more like Jesus. And I think that's that's a beautiful call of of Jesus in our culture, and that's the beautiful call that we get to live out in our culture. Is we get to, even though we know that it's not going to change, America is never going to be the perfect vision. Um, ver- perfect vision of the kingdom of God because it's temporary, mm-hmm. but we get to we get to try. We get to push forward, and in just the same way that we hopefully get to be a part of um, of being making our lives and our neighbors' lives more like the garden. 
hopefully we get to play a part in the same way for our country. Yes, and I think that's true. I think there's a dynamic. We are responsible to the resources God provides us always. And and the issue here isn't me to tell you what to do or anybody to tell you what to do. The issue here is you spend time with God asking and trusting you will do it. When I gave you that encouragement years ago when you were 11, if, if somebody would have asked me, hey, Connor has these, these dueling thoughts inside him, how are you going to solve it? I wouldn't have known what to say. Mm-hmm. But because I just was loving you know, in that moment, I gave you what you needed. So as I, my flawed nature, which I'll never outgrow my need for a Savior, God works through me when I participate with Him, and that's by trusting Him. Yeah. And so, man, we could go on a line here. Yeah. So in conclusion, what amazes you, Connor, <laughs> about this passage? It's, you know, some 35 minutes in, That's I think that's a new record. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mentioned this a little bit, I think, but maybe we can just go a little bit deeper into this. So Jesus says, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. I imagine if the record scratched and stopped right there and somebody shouted, um, utter, you know, utter pandemonium, right? The Jews who had a, you know, multi, uh, at this time had a pretty good fav- favorable view of Jesus, right? They had just escorted him into the city of Jerusalem shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Um, if it stops right there, then his people hate him. They forget him. They reject him. He's a traitor to the cause, traitor to the people of Israel. Right. Um, if he starts off with give God, give to God what is God's and doesn't say the other part about Caesar, um, then he's in direct conflict with the largest empire the world has ever seen at that point. Um, and yet he combines the two to find this, to find this middle road. Um, and for me, in my, the way I do things, um, if I see a conflict coming, and I haven't had this sort of conflict, right, a life and death situation here, but I'm not going to touch the issue with a 10-foot pole, right? The, if, if I was placed in Jesus' position here, even if I knew intellectually what the correct answer was, I don't know if I would have the courage to take the wrong answer from both sides and combine them together into the correct answer. And so that just amazes me about Jesus, his courage, um, his intellectual capabilities. It is just staggering because he is asked a question deliberately to trip him up, deliberately to put him in danger. And he doesn't soften his words. He doesn't find another way to say it. I mean, he just, he uses, it's almost like he uses the weapons of the people who would use them against the, he, he takes the weapons that his enemies want to use against him and he turns them right back around um, in a peaceful way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's just remarkable to me. Yes, I, I do. I, I think it's, and, and here's the takeaway that I'm really wanting to internalize even today, even in my sense of muddledness mm-hmm. is that the Jesus I follow the same way he just cut right through. He's going to keep doing that. And my job isn't to master the technique. My job is to trust him. And I know it's such a broken record, but I, I just think, I think when we think about this, we're like, yeah, I trust him, but what should I do? And I would just point us to the record of, of, of the word of God and how, take the battles in, in Israel. The battle, there's almost no battle that's the same. You know, like, like one battle they they march around walls and and one battle uh, they do nothing and the and the 
the angel surround you know kills the kills them in one battle they they surround it with a very small army with torches and you know and and i mean and trumpets and it's just like there's no battle one battle's won by a single guy one battle and i'm like pick it pick a way god pick a way to do battle and he's like the way is to trust me I'll give you the technique. I'll teach you if you trust me. And so as a follower, I wonder how much heartburn, I'll pick a guy, Thaddeus felt when these guys come up, and I don't know what a spy looks like, but and they, you get the sense, hey, this is shady. And then he's like, hey, do this. And you realize this is an unanswerable question. This could be the end for us, you know, because they had zero control of what Jesus was going to say, and they knew by that point they couldn't control him. And then he speaks, and the relief you would feel, uh, uh, What? That's how you do that? That's the wonder, that's the amazement that God wants us to live in all the time, the anticipation that you're, you're going to solve this election? What? I mean, that is so cool. And I feel almost cheesy saying that, but this is the record of Scripture, is that God always has the answer, will we wait, anticipating, eagerly waiting for that answer to materialize? We know we say it every time, but we just, we thank you so much, listener, for for taking time out of your day to be a part of this. Um, just the response that we have gotten, the, um, the kind words, the comments, the messages, the phone calls, it means so much to us that our words can be a benefit to man, anybody. And so thank you again for coming alongside us in this journey. If you would do us a favor and leave us five-star reviews on uh, Apple iTunes, that would just be, that'd be so helpful for us. And we would really love that. And, and also, if this podcast has benefited you and you think it could benefit somebody else, we would just encourage you, um, share it with them. It, it's an easy, easy thing um, that maybe could help engage somebody that's looking for something like this. Uh, and lastly... Like I said, we love hearing your comments, your questions, um, your kind words. Uh, so if you want to get in contact with us, you can do that through a variety of different ways. You can email us at amazedandperplexed at gmail.com. You can go to our website at amazedandperplexed.com. You can reach out to us via Facebook or you can text us or message us personally if you know us. Uh, we want to hear from you. Grace, peace, and love.